Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, bonus material, The Dad Files. In looking for material to read, I found an old folder that contains every article that I ever wrote about being a dad. From the very first time we knew we were having a baby, all the way through the adult life of my daughter and now her own children. Oh, I always get letters from people who say, hey, when you preach, you talk about your children too much. Well, being a dad is one of the most awesome responsibilities and one of the greatest adventures I've ever had. I hope you'll enjoy The Dad Files. In 1998, I opened up my private practice. I moved to a little small office on South Memorial Parkway, and across the hall from my office was a absolutely charming Southern gentleman named Mr. Walt Barty. He and his sister Anne ran Walt Barty Coins and Bullion. This little shop was eventually taken over by their grandson, Jared Bentley. Jared is one of the most pleasant people you'll ever do business with. If you're interested in investing in gold or silver, call Walt Barty Coins and Bullion, 256-883-9004, 256-883-9004, or use the 800 number, 1-800-608-6052. That's one 800 6086052 My daughter is not quite 2 years old. She is in that interesting stage of talking nonstop. And she talks about everything that falls into her vocabulary range. And for a 2-year-old, she's pretty good at communicating. Yesterday, she and I were riding into town. Her little car seat was in the back and I could see her in the mirror and we were having a good time. We had talked about her nap. We talked about the bus that we passed. We talked about going to pick up Matt. After a little while, the conversation lapsed. I was driving along in silence when this little giggle came from the back of the car. Feet. Yes, you have feet. The little giggle came again. More feet. Then another giggle. Climbing. That's nice. That's nice? Wait wait a minute. I angled my mirror and I could see just a little better. And there she is in the back seat with this little grin on her face and her little fat finger is pointing at something on the back of my car seat. And she keeps giggling and saying something about a lot of feet and something climbing. Something is climbing up the back of my seat. Something with a lot of feet is climbing up the back of my seat. Now, At this point in my life, you've got to remember that we've just returned from a retreat at Camp Meribah. While at Camp Meribah, I knelt down and placed my hand on an undiscovered version of a caterpillar that I'd never seen before, and I have 20-some-odd holes in perfect parallel rolls in the palm of my hand. This does not lead one to having visions of sugar plums dancing in their head. There is a creature on the back of my seat. It is scaling its way up the seat in order to deal the coup de gras or the cul-de-sac in the base of my skull. And to add insult to injury, my soon-to-be orphan daughter is laughing and thinks it's funny. Worry is negative visualization. 
See, words put pictures in our brains. We visualize either success or failure. And worry is negative visualization. A negative fantasy is defined as a belief that the worst possible outcome is inevitable if certain events take place. In most cases, they're ridiculous. In most cases, they have no basis in reality. Some popular negative fantasies are, if I don't get to do this, I'll never get to do anything ever. If I don't get to have this or go there, I'll die. If I don't do this, they'll make fun of me and no one will like me. A girl struggling in a dating relationship says, if I don't, he won't love me. If I don't act this way, I can't be a real man. If I don't, my family won't have the things they need. A better name for these things is worry. Worry is negative visualization. The problem of worry could be avoided if we concentrated more on God's view of these outcomes and not our own limited perspectives. If you look at the decisions made by biblical characters, they worried less about the circumstances, they worried little about consequences, and all they worried about what was right at the time. Three young Hebrews decided to please God and not worry about Nebuchadnezzar's idol or Nebuchadnezzar's furnace. Daniel decided to pray and not worry about the lion's den. Why is it that when we have important decisions to make, that we see creepy crawlers climbing up the back rather than God backing us up. Seek ye first. I can do all things through Christ. My God is able. I will never leave you or forsake you. I am persuaded to believe all those verses. They are neither negative and they are not fantasy. <laughs>
We sing and we preach about the second coming of Christ. Songs and plays and skits and books have been written about the return of the Lord. Like children, we really don't know what it means. If we really grasp the magnitude of the changes that were going to take place when the Lord returns, we would be more serious about our attempts to prepare for it. The leaves aren't just going to fall and the sky turns steel gray, but the entire planet is going to melt. All that is now will be gone. All that is future will be history. What is so important that relates to this planet will have no place. In order for us to become heavenly citizens, the earthly must be done away with. If Jesus is coming were more than a phrase to us, then we might not be so preoccupied with the activities of this season. And we would be very, very serious, very, very intentional as we prepared for the next. Did you know a home bought or sold can mean that help is given to those in need? With Rosenbloom Realty, a portion of their revenue is given to charities and nonprofits every single week. If you believe in helping those in need and are in the market to buy, sell, or invest in real estate, then consider the fact that partnering with Rosenbloom Realty means they'll give a contribution to mission work, food distribution, homeless programs, children's education, military and veterans programs, and many other great works. Rosenbloom Realty is a fourth-generation family-owned real estate company. To find out how they can help you while helping others, visit givetomycommunity.com. That's givetomycommunity.com. Or visit them at rosenbloomrealty.com. Rosenbloom Realty, making lives a little rosier, one house at a time. If you don't cry and you walk across the stage where you are supposed to, then we will go to McDonald's. It was a bribe. Nothing but a stone-cold adult version of dangling a carrot in front of a horse. Jackie's mom had entered Lonnie Beth in a beauty pageant. I was less than thrilled. I remember when Jackie was in a beauty pageant, she was in the Strawberry Festival. I moved heaven and earth to get to the county fair to watch her in that beautiful dress. I was not so anxious for my daughter to be paraded in front of people, in front of a gawking crowd, and be exposed to the pageant moms. Jackie is from Velvet Ridge, Arkansas. Her parents still live there. She attended Ball Knob High School. I was not thrilled with the idea of my daughter entering a pageant and being known as Little Miss Bald Knob. Although, if you know me now, you may see that that might have been something prophetic about my hair loss. On the night of the rehearsal, Lonnie Beth's true heritage came out. She was not pleased to be at this function. It was too noisy, and there were way too many people. I say her true heritage, and, and you may be confused by that. I enjoy being around people. I enjoy talking in front of people. I enjoy functions that have people at them. But given my druthers... I really, really do enjoy solitude. 
I really, really do enjoy privacy. The old saying about the guys who climbed Everest and they said, why did you climb it? And he said, because it's there. We used to use that in rock climbing. People would say, why do you go climbing? We would say, because it's there <laughs> and you're not. It's not that I'm antisocial, but I do enjoy my private time. And I think Lonnie Beth probably got some of that from me and maybe some of that from her mom. Anyway, she was not happy to be there and she displayed her unhappiness in the form of tears. This should have been enough to save my daughter from future harassment, but it was not. The solution came in the form of the bribe. If you do this thing and you don't cry, we'll go to McDonald's. I don't know that that's a great parenting technique, but it ended, getting, it ended up getting us to go to the pageant. I don't know how many people were at the pageant. I don't know how many little ones were participating. I don't know how many were in the audience. I don't know how many were backstage. What I do know is that while my daughter was on stage in front of the assembled mob, in front of all those people, she decided to remind her papa that she was going to go to McDonald's because she was not crying. Yes, in full pageant dress, ribbons and curls, my little girl told both interested and uninterested parties that, Papa, I'm going to McDonald's. I suspect she was less than thrilled with the whole beauty pageant experience. But then again, her mind drifted from the beauty pageant and what comes next. She dealt with the pageant by thinking about McDonald's. Jesus endured the cross and despised the shame because of the joy set before him. Jesus endured the cross and despised the shame because of what was next. The Hebrew writer says that this gave him the ability to pay the price. The list of the faithful in Hebrews chapter 11 speaks concerning people who are looking forward to something else. Where does our child faith go? Why do we lose the child faith that allows us to just simply trust wholly and completely on God? Real faith is not believing in God, it's believing God. And God says something is next. Where do we lose it? I don't know. God is never guaranteed that his people always be happy with the situations of life. He has asked us to trust him concerning what is next. Faith is not believing in God. Faith is believing God. We must walk across the stage of life. We may handle that walk any way that we choose. I choose to walk in such a way because of what I am promised. I choose to walk my walk because of what has been promised. It is not a bribe. It's a promise. Where will you go? when this pageant is over. Indiana Jones found the lost ark. He went to the Temple of Doom and recovered the Shankara stone. Indiana Jones found the Holy Grail. Big, fat, hairy deal. Let him come find a baby all gone. It is the most appropriately named toy the Christmas season. It is called Baby All Gone and Baby They Are All Gone. Them being gone is not so much of a problem as having to ask for them. 
them being gone is not as big a deal as having to ask if they are all gone or not. Imagine me walking into a store and walking up to the counter and asking, excuse me, but I'm looking for baby all gone. Look, I I could easily ask for Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles I can buy. I'd even be happy with asking for a dark-winged duck or two. I am the terror that flaps in the night. But baby all gone? Give me a break. I guess it could be worse. It could be Dolly drools a lot or my regurgitating baby is just over the horizon in the toy market. Maybe I'm the only person on the planet who has trouble asking for this stuff. A person can't get away with, uh, excuse me, uh, do you uh, have the baby that, that eats stuff? And then hope that the store employee fills in the blanks. You see, out there in the toy market, there's Baby Alive. There's Cannibal Kids. There's Munching Mary and her merry friends. If it's Baby All Gone you want, you have to ask by name for Baby All Gone. Our friends and neighbors are looking for something. We know what it is. But we are just a little uncomfortable walking up and asking them if they found Jesus. Now, we try to use other words and hope people fill in the blanks. We talk about peace and happiness and fulfillment and self-actualization and religion, and every now and then we'll ask them if they've been churched. There are others out there that claim to offer these same things. People have been shopping for them for years. Some people don't ask for Jesus because they feel funny in our modern world asking for him by name. Others don't ask because they don't know. Have you noticed that a successful toy company can use a silly name like Baby All Gone so much that even my three-year-old can remember it? They believe in their product with so much vigor, and they have no trouble spreading the news and the name. They don't even talk about the other dolls. They talk like it's the only doll. There is only one doll that will bring happiness to a three-year-old this Christmas. The advertisers would like you to believe that. Lonnie Beth has bought into it. There's only one name that will bring happiness. There's only one name that will bring salvation. And there's only one name that will bring peace. The only thing that will fill up a God-sized hole in your life is God. The only thing that fits in a God-shaped hole is God. I saw a bumper sticker the other day, and it simply read, No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. The first phrase was, N-O, Jesus. N-O, peace. And the next phrase was, K-N-O-W, Jesus. K-N-O-W, peace. No Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace. After I got rid of my big dog, Mackenzie, I had said I was through owning dogs. And I know that's what I said. But this really isn't my dog. It's Lonnie Beth's. We now own a Shetland Sheepdog, sort of a Reader's Digest version of Lassie. Uh, Lonnie Baker and I drove out to Brindley Mountain in a thunderstorm several weeks ago to pick her up. Her name is Sissy. She is an extremely small Shetland Sheepdog. At maturity, she might weigh seven pounds. It's the tiniest little long-haired collie I've ever seen. She is so small, 
that at 13 weeks old, she cannot climb onto a concrete block. We had talked about pets for Lonnie Beth and was sure she needed to be just a little older. Jackie had mentioned once or twice the phenomenon of a little brother or a little sister. So I decided a dog would be nice. I've never discussed publicly why we only have one child. Jackie had a tough pregnancy. I was so scared. And I don't usually let my fear control me. But but I was so scared. And then when we had trouble getting Lonnie Beth onto the planet, I sat there thinking that I might lose both of them or might just end up with one of them. And so we just never went through the pregnancy thing again. And that probably says something about my faith or makes me a coward. But we ended up with a little girl and a little dog. Now, since her arrival at the house, Lonnie Beth has tried to teach her to use the slide and the swing set. Sissy has received an impromptu lesson on how to bounce on the bed and then put in time out because she did it. Sissy has ridden unwillingly in the baby stroller. Lonnie Beth has received a number of lessons that everything that is fun for a little girl is not fun for a little dog. Things are much better now. We play tag with Sissy. Sissy is a very good companion just to wander around the yard with. She has a herding instinct and circles Lonnie Beth when she swings. She circles the family when we walk. She brings us together if we get too far away. Lonnie Beth and Sissy are such good friends that I've had to explain to her that little girls don't have to drink water from the doggy's pan just because they're friends. In all honesty, Lonnie Beth was not ready for her first puppy. The concepts of real and not a toy have been kind of hard to impress upon her. I knew why she didn't need a dog right now. She could not even begin to understand the reasons. There's a lot of responsibility even when you're just a little girl. And there's so much potential for hurt. If her dog gets hurt, her little heart will break. But you know, I'm spineless. And my girls won out. And we have a dog at our house. God is a better father than I am. He withholds certain things until we are ready. He has placed limits and restraints on the things that are to be for real. And he has placed restraints and things on things that are not just a game. He knows what we need when we need it. He also knows what we don't need. The writer of the book of James says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. The things that are good come from God. The things that are not good don't come from God. If you think you need it and you don't have it, maybe your father is telling you you don't need it, or maybe he's just telling you you don't need it right now. You're not quite ready for it.